Hello, welcome to the Flamer Road Baptist Church podcast. We are so encouraged to be able to come to you today. My name is uh, Pastor Aaron McCulley. We've got Brother Terry Thacker with us today as our special guest, and Brother Barry Hall. Of course, he'll be with us uh, today. And uh, so we're going to be talking about some important truths of salvation. We're going to be going over several different things that I hope will be a very much of an encouragement to you. We're going to be going over what salvation is not. We're going to be going over some definitions of what salvation is. It's not what you know, but it's who you know. Amen. We're going to be going over um, uh, some uh, causes of unbelief, why people don't get saved. And then if we have time, we're going to be going over some uh, common questions about salvation. So, uh, Brother Barry, Brother Terry, hope y'all are doing good today. So excited to see y'all here. and So excited to be able to talk about salvation. We're going to start out with our theme verse today. That's going to be Ephesians 2 and verse number 8 and verse number 9. So we're going to be talking about that, and we might even throw in there verse number 10 is a good verse too. So Brother Barry, start us open with uh, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, and and, uh, let's read those and get right into the study here. Yes, okay. So Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 through 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. Amen. Amen. So as we start this study today, we're, we're going to be starting talking about what salvation is not. There are many beliefs about salvation. Uh, we could go into, we could be here for an hour and a half trying to tell you what each cult believes about salvation. And, and we want to look forward into looking into different cults and what they believe in, in episodes to come. But as we begin to get into this, we're talking about salvation. There are many people that believe that salvation is by works. And so, um, uh, of course, this verse very clearly um, uh, debunks that theory of salvation as being by works because it says not of works, lest any man should boast. And so it's not earned or deserved. So as we start talking about works, we're going to be going into uh, um, uh, we're going to be going into that. And uh, brother Barry, what do you have to say about salvation is not by works? And uh, maybe I know we got a lot of different belief systems and all that in this world today. And so we'll start off with you talking about it a little bit. Well, I kind of want to open up with the question that yeah. some, all of us may have here. Um, and through some of our studies together that we've uh, agreed that would probably be a good question that everyone's going to come on. If we are not saved by works, you see the scripture in James. In James it says, for, <clears throat> for by, I'm sorry, if you are not saved by our works, but by our faith. Why does the book of James say that faith without works is dead? You'll see in James in the scripture that it specifically says, faith without works is dead. And, and for the longest time, I, I, I love that scripture because it reminds me of our service. Mm -hmm. And so what I want to talk about, seeing as how what salvation is not, it is not obtained. The word obtained means you cannot receive salvation by how much you do. doesn't matter how many works, uh, your, your service, even to the service of your church. Those works are done by faith because of the honor that you have in what Christ did for you on the cross. So James is saying faith without works is dead. Well, what does that mean? That means that if you have salvation, you desire as a, a saved Christian in your heart, you desire to do the works. It, it, it's like a fruits of the Spirit. That's right. That you would desire to do the works in the church. Uh, it, it would exemplifies on what's going on in the inside as an outward appearance 
to the service that you want to provide because of what Christ did for you. And so works, we cannot be saved by works. Uh, it's not obtained by works. That's right. Yeah, and, and uh, I know Bill Terry probably has something to add on this too, but I, as I was thinking about works, um, uh, basically James says, you know, you know, you show, you tell me about your faith, but show me what you've done for Christ, you know. And so once you are saved, you're going to want to do something for Christ. We're not saved by our works, but we want to work because we are saved. And so that's very good. But Terry, you got any thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, one of the things that holds a lot of people back is they think they have to change overnight. That's it. Yeah. And this is not an overnight project. That's a lifetime. But the Holy thing. Spirit gets in your heart. And he will change you to where it's not works anymore. It's a joy. It's a, it's a gift. Yes, it's a, it's right. a pleasure right. rather than works. That's right. That's right. So we, we understand what salvation is not. It's not obtained by works. And so there's nothing that you could do to live perfect enough to be saved. And there was only one person that lived perfect enough, and that was Jesus Christ. And so um, uh, we, we definitely understand that salvation is not by works. We don't deserve it because of our sinful habits in our lives. And then also we understand that it's something that you cannot lose once you received it. Amen. So uh, salvation is something that cannot be lost. And so there's many Bible verses that we have that can clearly say that salvation is for sure, that it is a 100% everlasting lie. And we're going to get into that next week. So we're not going to spend much time in that. We're going to talk about the assurance of salvation next week. And so we're going to just kind of make that one to make that mention when it says what salvation is not. Um, uh, and, and then you'll also know if you've ever done EE, you'll find out that he's, we're going to go in the same route with this. Is it, It's not just head knowledge or temporary belief. It's not just something that is temporary. It's not just something about knowing. It is putting your heart and your faith and your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so as we begin to find out about that, anybody like to say anything about that? Just, you know, the head knowledge and temporary faith. Even Satan knew who Jesus Christ was. <laughs> Oh yeah, and he he has not a place in heaven. We we all know that he he loses at the That's end. That's right. And uh, so it's not just about what we know; it's about who we know. Amen. Amen. That's exactly right. And and uh, we also want to jot down here: salvation is not just you know your your grandpa being a deacon or your dad being a pastor or who was you know a preacher in your background i'm I witness people all the time they say well my my uncle's a preacher well you know what about your soul what about your heart and uh, it doesn't matter what your bloodline is it is matters about what your heart believes and so it's also not being a member of the church or being just a religious person um a religious people you know they if they're not saved by the grace of god they'll still die and go to a devil's hell it doesn't matter how many times you go to church or how many times you've given in the offering. It matters about what you put your faith and trust in in your heart. So y'all like to say anything about that? Uh, Brother Aaron, Romans 3.10 says, as it is written. That's right. There is none righteous, no, not one. That's right, that's right. And so a lot of us get to a place where, you know, I, we've asked this question as we go out and visit. Uh, if you were in front of God today and he said, why should I let you in my heaven? And we said, well, I've been a good person. Well, Scripture tells us there's none righteous, no, not one. And so salvation is not how good of a person you could be, um, how many good things you do. And th those things are, don't you know, please don't get me wrong. Those things are, are very well to do. That's right. Uh, to do good for people. That, that's part of loving others and, and being there for others and, do it, and doing those things. But today we're talking about salvation. We're talking about the, the most important thing you could ever do in your life. 
uh, I, I've said it before. I've done some good things. I've done some bad things. But the greatest thing I ever did was to accept and receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Amen. Savior. Amen. And uh, it had nothing to do with uh, how good of a person I thought I was. I Salvation came in me to make the decision because I realized that I was not a good person and, and that I could not do this on my own and, and that without him and the blood of perfection that I, I just couldn't get it right. And so if that's Amen. acceptance of my sin that received me the salvation. That's right. That's right. But Terry, you got anything to add there before we go into a little bit more about salvation? Good no, to go on no, that. I think I'm good. Amen. Amen. Hey, but that's Terry, good. If, if you don't mind, would you mind sharing kind of a bit how you became into salvation? Would you mind sharing that with us today? Well, I, I, I don't mind. I'll give you a little testimony. Uh, That's awesome. That'd be yeah. wonderful, brother. In, in, in 1972, I was uh, I was uh, working in a paper mill, and I uh, I uh, put my arm in a in a machine that it shouldn't have been in, and uh, I, I when I looked down, there was nothing but bone sticking out, mm-hmm. and uh, I just looked at it, you know, and I said, "Well, <laughs> I lost this one." And, and I felt, and, and, you know, this is, I've heard people say this before, but I didn't believe it until I felt it. Amen. I felt the hands of God come around my shoulders, and he said, don't worry about it, son. I got it. Amen. Amen. And uh, I still have an arm today. I still play golf. I still lift, you know, what I have to lift. And, uh, and uh, But the, the, the one thing that he told me that night also was, one day, you will work for me. Amen. And uh, I'm, I'm just so thankful that that day has come. Now, did that, did that have, did that save my life? No, that did not save my life. Him crawling on the cross and, and dying for me is what saved Amen. my life. Amen, yes, sir. And, uh, you know, you just can't thank him enough for, for what he's done for us. And we couldn't have done that. No, no man could have done that other than Jesus Christ. That's right. That's right. Amen. That's a wonderful, wonderful testimony about how God definitely gets a hold of our tensions, don't he? He does. He does. Yes. And it may not even happen right then, you know. I mean, this was, I don't know, probably 25 years later when I I really got a hold, or Christ really got a hold of me and said, now's the time. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Terry. As, As we continue on our study of salvation, We've we've already learned about what salvation is not. It's it's not by works. It's not because you're a good person. Um, uh, sometimes God has to get a hold of us, as Brother mm-hmm. Terry is talking about here, and and tell us, you know, hey, you might have been a good person, but you've never put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And so, um, as I thought about salvation, I thought about the story about um uh, the Titanic, and uh, many of us heard about the Titanic before. The Titanic carried enough for only half of uh, enough uh, lifeboats for half of his passengers. And uh, one of the men that was on there said to prevent panic um, that was just, you know, was that would have been there because the people didn't know there wasn't enough lifeboats for everybody. The maximum number of lives could be saved by loading only those people smart enough or lucky enough to reach the boat deck. No one would be told to go to the boats. In this way, the, de- the boat deck would, have, would remain free from panic for as long as possible. Those who remained in the warmth and false security of their ship's public rooms would have to fend for themselves after the boats were gone. And I thought about this. Fortunately, God does not leave us by ourselves to fend for ourselves. He has provided salvation for us through His Son, 
the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, what is salvation? Salvation is um, uh, perseverance, is being preserved from destruction, failure, and evil. We are saved from something. What are we being saved from? We are being saved from our sins. So what do we need to be saved from? We're going to go into three things here, then we're going to go um, a, a few more routes here, and then we're going to be done for today. First off, we need to be saved from the penalty of sin. This is the state of justification. Um, we all know that the Bible says, John three sixteen and 17, For God so loved the world that he gave his only his one and only Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Amen. For God did not send his Son of the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Amen. So as we understand justification, what justification as a saved person is something that is truly amazing. I'm sure these men are going to say more about this, but justification means this. Just as we have never sinned, when we were born, our lives deserved hell. When we did that first thing that was sinful and we became a sinner not only by birth because of Adam, but now we're a sinner by choice. We have decided to go into exactly what, um, uh, what, what the devil wanted us to go into. And so Jesus said, I love them so much. I want to make a way where they can get out of sin and come and live forever and ever with me. And so he said, I've set up the state of justification. Justification is learning that we are just as we have never sinned. And what a blessing that is. Amen. It means that we are declared righteous. Um, I think about it as in a courtroom. When uh, a person is coming up there and uh, they say, let's say we're in a courtroom, me and Brother Barry and Brother Terry, I have committed a, a sin of stealing money from a business and Brother Barry is the judge and I have to pay that back and they're going to put me to death if I cannot pay it back. And Brother Terry comes in as representative of Jesus Christ and says, not only that he'll pay it back, but he'll take my spot. And that's exactly what justification is. Jesus Christ paid our debt. But more so than that, he took our spot. And uh, of course, God said that the account was finished on the cross. It is finished to tell us, God, it is, the debt has been taken care of. And sin is no longer a problem in our lives. Y'all got any more things you'd like to say about justification today? Oh, I'm, I'm good, brother. And that's some good stuff. Um, I'm so glad you were able to share that with everyone and even myself. Uh, to know that uh, it's as if, just as I have, I never sinned. Uh, That's right. I think we focus too much on some of the sins we did in the past. That's right, yeah. And this clarifies. God's, God's already forgotten. God's word says, hey, for I cast it as far as the east is to the west. And so we are we are justified through Jesus Christ. Well, that's that's good stuff. Yeah, it's a completed action. That that word, when Jesus said on the cross, it is finished, <laughs> it was an accountant's term that uh, an accountant would say that, you know, hey, the debt has been taken care of. It is it is totally paid in full. And so when Jesus saved us, he stamped a, a red marker on us that said <laughs> paid in full. It was also a, a warrior's term when they said would say to Talisky, they would come in as fighting a battle. And as they would come in running from the battle, this runner would come and tell the city to Talisky, to Talisky, meaning we have won the war. It is finished. We are we have taken care of, we are conquerors. We are more than conquerors through the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And man, it's just amazing how we can see that. Anything you ought to add to that, Brother brother Terry, on uh, justification? Mm, no, you, you covered it. I'm just glad, <laughs> uh, I'm just glad you know, that uh, it, it wasn't up to me. That's right. That's right. We couldn't do it ourselves, could no, we? We, couldn't. no, we couldn't live perfect enough. And, 
And the only person that could justify us is one that lived perfect. So secondly, we're going to go into, we need to be saved not only from the penalty of sin, but now we need to be saved from the power of sin. This is the state of sanctification. I'm a, this is, if we remember the song when we were growing up, we're, we're, I'm a, going into the song about, uh, you know, he's still working on me. And, and so that, that's, that's exactly what God is doing. Brother Barry, would you like to say something more about God setting us apart from sanctification? Uh, no, go ahead. Not right now. Here shortly, I may have something. Yeah, okay. As we start talking about sanctification, um, uh, we understand that sanctification means set apart to God. It is set apart from sin. Um, uh, sanctification is not is 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 not being in bondage to anything. It's a process. Um, uh, the Bible says, "In whom the Son sets free, He's free indeed." And so, as Jesus Christ has set us free. As being saved, now God is performing a work in our lives. He is performing this work in something that is going to be an ongoing work. And this ongoing work is something that is truly amazing. He is making us in the image of Christ. We quote this verse many, many times. It's Romans 8, 28. He says um, uh, that we know that all things work together for good of them that love Christ, of them that are called according to his purpose. And then in verse number 29, he makes this statement. He says, uh, and being predestinated to be in the image of God's Son, he said he is making us into the image of God's Son. So every one of us that are saved, he is making us into the image of God's son. There was a, a famous uh, sculpture that, you know, just did many sculptures and he did a beautiful horse. They said, how did you do this? He said, I took every piece of rock off of the rock that did not look like a horse. And so that's what Jesus Christ is doing. He's taking everything off of us that doesn't look like Christ. I would say, I would say when I was eight years old, God is still working on me, taking things off of me that wants me to be more like Christ. And so I encourage you that this is a wonderful thing of salvation, that we can understand that God is setting us apart to be God's, to do a great purpose for him. And he's got to get things out of our lives that make us more like Christ, where Christ can be seen more through us. So tremendous stuff, tremendous stuff. God's more than happy to take stuff away from you. But our problem is that we tend to pick it back up. The, hey, that's we the have, key. We have suitcases full of uh, old memories and old sins that uh, we drag around with us. That, but, but God doesn't want that. He wants us to forget it as He's forgiven and forgiven us and forgotten it. So uh, that's one thing that... Uh, if exact if Jesus forgot about it, we should too. We should too. That That's it. You know, we learn from our mistakes, but we don't let that mistake give us guilt to hinder our work with Christ. And that's right. As long as we can go to the altar and give it to him and he takes it and and that's what he's in. He's in the taking business. He'll take it from you and, uh, you know, don't pick it up again. That's right. That's right. So not only does he want us to be saved, we need to be saved from the presence of sin. That's right. Isn't it an amazing thought that it's, it's not our will that we be rescued. It's God's will. That's what, right. a, what a heavenly father. He wants us to be sanctified. I want to share something with everyone this afternoon. Man, this, is, this has been wonderful. I want to praise God for my salvation. Amen. Amen. You know, Amen. God's been good to us, and uh, we're so undeserving. If, if, you, if you still have questions about, you know, well, you, maybe you feel deserving of heaven, uh, we'd, we'd love to have a conversation with you and just share that none of us are deserving. That's right. Uh, I mean, we were born when we were born into this world, we were cursed with sin. And what a wonderful thing that I want to share with you now is the fact that we are adopted into God's family. 
Yeah, and that's that's the good thing about sanctification is since we're being adopted, we can also talk about Brother Barry about receiving the Holy Ghost when we get saved as well and how he he gets us on the right path. Yes, sir. So I want to read a couple things here. Salvation is being born again. Amen. So at birth, we're born into a life of sin. Like I was telling you a moment ago, the sin, the cursed seed, Adam and Eve, when they were way back in the garden, the serpent comes in and... And like all of us, he comes in and encourages us to do completely the opposite of what God has commanded us to do. And therefore, watch this. I want you to catch this. This is important. Therefore, when we accept Jesus Christ as the forgiver and debt payer of our sin, we have a new birth. That's right. So when we're first born into this life, it's sin right up front. Bible tells specifically tells it. You can go to John Three three, you go to First Peter one twenty three, and you will see that we are newborn out of. We die from the sins. We die from the old ways. It is our souls in First Peter one eighteen through nineteen. It's our souls being purchased and redeemed, bought back right. by Jesus Christ by the blood of the Lamb. Uh, so praise God for the blood of the Lamb. Uh, I also see that salvation is, and this is where I want to get to, being adopted into God's family. I hope you're writing these scriptures down. If you're riding down the road, I hope you uh, get a, a chance to maybe go home when you get a place and and you're not traveling, that you sit down and, and you go over these scriptures uh, and, and you read them for yourself. You'll, you'll see these things. You'll see where we are adopted into God's family in Romans 8, 15. Um, but watch this in Ephesians 1, 4 through 5. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. He predestined. Now, that's a powerful word, brother Aaron. He predestined. He, he already had it planned. Your imperfect life could be made perfect by dying from sin and accepting and becoming into the adoption of Jesus Christ. Uh, I want to read something by Rod Martin. Uh, he, he shared a testimony here. He says, I was two days old when my parents chose me to be their son. Being adopted is an amazing thing. I was taken from a situation that probably would not have turned out well and was given the opportunity to grow up in a loving Christian home. I became a member of a new family. Man, I hope some of you are listening to that and it's really really just hammering down in your heart. I became a member of a new family. I had a new identity. Uh, man, I hope this is speaking to y'all this afternoon. A new name, a, a new opportunity, and eventually a new inheritance. Isn't this a wonderful God that we serve that Amen. Amen. Uh, I was chosen? Rob Martin finished his statement by saying, I was chosen. This afternoon, if you have received Jesus Christ into your heart, it's because you were chosen first. And you have been adopted into God's family. And now you have opportunity to become a member of the new family, to have a new identity, to the complete of, of a new name with new opportunities. Uh, we could spend probably another extra 30 minutes on this podcast on the, the opportunities and the things that God has just allowed for my family in itself to just be able to flourish in. Now, Brother Aaron, you talked about uh, salvation. And then when we receive salvation... Uh, how we receive the Holy Spirit at the same time. So, now I've heard this statement before, and uh, and so this is going to be. A, I'll say this boldly, and I know that Scripture is there to back it up. 
Uh, some don't believe that we receive the Holy Spirit at salvation. And so I want everyone to know that as soon as you receive salvation, in that moment that you call on the Lord for salvation, you are saved. In that same moment, you receive the Holy Spirit. We could go into uh, a couple. You want to go over a few scriptures, Brother Aaron, on that? I know I've got some stuff jotted down, but you've probably got some stuff that are also uh... just assuring them that salvation is received in the moment at the same as the Holy Spirit, that those things become an indwelling into our life. Yeah, the, the moment we get saved, of course, we understand that the Holy Spirit of God moves into our lives, and, and He doesn't just move to for a visit. He moves in there for the, for a lifetime, you know, and, and uh, He is performing, and, and that's where it gets back to our sanctification. He's performing something great inside of us. And so as we begin to look at Scripture, if you are saved then you'll know something about this Holy Spirit that lives inside of you. I'm sure Brother Terry could make mention of it, and Brother Barry and me the same, is that the Holy Spirit of God talks to us while we are in uh, this salvation walk of our lives. And uh, it all comes back to when we are saved from this power of sin. We feel like sin is just beating down on us, and the power of us is just all on it. And so he is saying, when you get saved, not only are you adopted into a family, you're justified. You're not to remember the old life anymore. You've got a new name, a new opportunity, and a new inheritance with Christ. Actually, you are a son. You're adopted. We understand we get into the family by adoption and by marriage. We understand that. We'll talk about that in later days to come. But he talks about this moment of salvation. A lot of people believe this, which which goes contrary to Scripture. They believe that Jesus received the Holy Spirit when he was baptized in the Jordan River. That 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 is completely unknown and foreign from Scripture because Jesus Christ was God. He was God the Father, God the Son, right. God the Holy Ghost. That's right. He didn't receive that power. Um, uh, the reason why he was baptized is because it was showing forth his um, uh, his uh, his public world. He was showing it public to the world that he was fixing to do something for Christ. Just like when you get baptized, you don't receive the Holy Ghost when you receive when you get baptized, but you're showing the world of what God is doing inside of you through the Holy Ghost. So you know it's a tremendous thing. I encourage you to study well, that. Well, we also see that the Word is the Son. And so as as God, Holy oh, Spirit, right. the Trinity, right. the Word has existed even before Jesus Christ came in the flesh. So if we look at the whole Word and we see that the Holy Spirit has always been involved. That's right. And so I, I want to read a couple of scriptures here. Yeah, that's fine. We're, we're getting close to uh, time and some of this is going to get into like later time, Brother Aaron, as you said, uh, and we'll talk more on uh, assurance of salvation. Uh, but just to kind of touch base, I'm sure we'll do a, a podcast one day on everything surrounding on the information of the Holy Spirit. That's right, that's right. Um, and bring out some scriptures there, some truths on the Holy Spirit. But I, I, I want to see where you can find, this will help you uh, as we get ready for assurance next week. We find assurance in presence of the Holy Spirit. How is the Holy Spirit received? <clears throat> some of you may be asking that. I want to share some scripture that says that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Acts 19, 2 through 5. He said unto them, now this is, this is God's word, so it, please, if you disagree or, or if there's something, this is all in God's word. He said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be in a Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, Unto what that then were baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. 
Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him, Jesus Christ, which should come after him that is on Christ Jesus. And this is, this is where I want you to hear this, this verse in 5. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So we have assurance that we are baptized in the Holy Spirit and salvation when we accept that we are guilty of our sins and that we need the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now, Brother Aaron, you got anything you want to share on that? I'm, I'm good on that, I believe. But Terry, you'd like to share anything on, on the Holy Spirit and, and receiving of that salvation and yeah. how he works in sanctification? It's just that uh, when the Holy Spirit comes into you, there's no doubt. There's no, That's right. uh, there's no guesswork. That's right. Because he will fill your heart and, uh, and guide you the way you need to go. That's right. That's right. Look at look at Acts two thirty eight, brother, and, and I'm I think this will say it all here. Uh, when is the whole, when do we receive the Holy Spirit? When, when do we do we receive it at salvation? This should answer it right here. Acts two thirty eight. Then Peter said unto them, Repent. So what do we do when we, when we receive salvation? We repent. Then what do we do next? If you've ever been saved, you should be baptized shortly after, and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's right. So the same moment of salvation. Is this right, Pastor? Oh, yeah. The same moment of salvation, Scripture tells us, is at the same time that we receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And it begins a work in us that will change us forever, brother. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. And so we've learned that we need to be saved from the penalty of sin, the state of justification. That is being adopted into the family. We learn we need to be saved from the power of sin, the state of sanctification, that when we got saved, that the Holy Spirit moves inside of our hearts. And uh, so lastly, before we finish, we're going to learn about we need to be saved from the presence of sin. This is the state of glorification. And uh, this is when we uh, ourselves go into uh, heaven and uh, we're saved from this presence of sin. And what a wonderful blessing that is as we begin to, to do that. Now, as we finish up here, we want to share with you just a couple of questions. And I know we're going a little bit over our time, but that's okay. Um, common questions about salvation. So if, if you want to listen to these, that's fine. If, if you don't, that's no problem. We've already went over one of them as earlier into our text, um, uh, as into our podcast. But we want to go over the question this. If, if I, this is a question that many people have. If I pray to salvation's prayer, but I see that my life has not changed, what did I pray? Did I ask Jesus to be my Savior and Lord, or did I just pray for fire insurance so that I don't go to hell? So a lot of people have this question that, okay, I prayed this salvation's prayer, but did I, I don't really feel like my life has changed, and um, uh, I don't really feel like anything's happened. Did I truly get saved, or was I just going through the motions? And so the answer of that, and I know people, other ones would want to say something about this as well. Basically, the answer of that is if someone prays with their true heart that they want to be saved in their true heart and in their true mind as they are asking Jesus without anything else except they want to put their faith and trust in Christ, then they shall be saved. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. You shall be saved. That's Acts 6.31. 
So everything that people think of, sometimes they think of that salvation is this big feeling that they expect to feel the next day and the next week, even though salvation is is a feeling. It's not based on feelings. Some mornings I wake up, I don't feel saved. Some mornings I wake up and uh, I feel like God is doing a work through me and I feel saved. So we have to go on firm assurance that God has saved us if we've done exactly what the word of God has said. Even though you might not feel this big thing that's happened unto you, then we still know that by authority of God's word, if we did exactly what God wants us to do, then we are saved, and now it's our time to get back to listen to the Holy Spirit of God. Um, uh, anybody have anything to say about that? Will Terry, you like to say anything about that? Well, it's just, you know, as you were saying, you know, it, it, it's, it's thank God that his feelings never change. That's right, that's right. Um, because we, we're about as wishy-washy as you can get. That's right, that's right. In this life, and you know, we we're, our ebbs and flows depends on how we get up, which side of the bed we get up in the morning, but he never changes. That's right, that's right. And you can take that to the bank. To the bank, that's exactly right. Don't matter how we feel, it is what the Word of God says. That's, it's that's, already done. That's right, that's right. Anything you'd like to add to that, Brother Barry? Uh, well, just that Romans 10 says... Whomsoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall, shall be, be saved. saved. Salvation is truly the easiest part of Christianity. Uh, I think living the lifestyle of a Christianity is the hardest part. So if you're not saved out there this, this afternoon, you're listening. Um, if, if you have been listening, uh, if you're members of Flamer Road Baptist Church, we, we love y'all so much. And uh, we also want you to be encouraged that uh, we're, we're reaching people all the way in. Uh, Oregon, Oregon yeah. in, with this podcast, and so God is is doing a works. And uh, if you're if you're listening to this and you you have discovered today that you're not sure you have salvation, it's as simple as this: Whomsoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's right. That's right. And if you have any questions, please email us or call us or text us or write us on Facebook about questions that you would like the podcast to go over. And I'd like to finish this out. Brother Terry, I'd like for you to read this uh, 1 Corinthians right here, um, uh, 1 through 5. And this is the gospel here. Um, uh, this is the gospel, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 5. We're going to end up on this. And uh, this is Christ showing us the gospel of salvation. And uh, this is just some great things. But Terry, you read that for us. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein you stand by which also ye are saved. If ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture, and that he was buried, and that he rose again on the third day according to the Scripture, and that he was seen of... Cephas. Cephas, then of the twelve. Amen. Amen. So as we understand the gospel, the death, burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. What a blessing it is to be able to know that we are saved. We're praying for you, and uh, we're so thankful that you have tuned in to our podcast. Please share this with your friends, and we hope this will be a blessing to you as we sit around the table and talk about the truths of the Word of God. Have a blessed day. We're praying for you.